the Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, where art meets the real world and both sides get a better understanding of the whole picture. This podcast may contain strong language and listener discretion is advised. We like to hear, like, at least I know I do, and that's why, like, like, yo, let's record in people's spaces so that we can hear what you hear on a daily basis mm-hmm. while you're here. Because other people who don't necessarily create don't understand how all of that goes into oh, yeah. the work, the right? Like, every single piece of that goes into the work. Um, and I mean, that's akin to everything that you hear, everything that you see as an adult, as a yeah. child, like, that goes into you. You consume I never that. changed the studio. Like, you you know, when I started selling yeah. paintings with 50 grand a, a painting, I would, yeah. I would always keep the studio here because I can Being in the city, like, the noises of the cars and, you know, the bums around the corner, even them just asking for a dollar or telling their situation yeah. or their different approaches of, like, hey, brother, I'm not trying to ask you for nothing. <laughs> you think, you know, my family... In the, the middle of asking house. for something. Exactly. <laughs> all of that, that's the heartbeat of the city. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, and... Um, you know, I'm proud of where I'm from. So. Yeah. Houston is, is... What side of Houston are you from? I'm from the north side. I went to school oh. on the south side. That's a long story. Now Siders. Yeah, I was going to say. Now Siders. I went to Stafford. He went to, yeah, he went to Stafford. That, I mean, but he's from the north side. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody ain't perfect. You know, we can, we can hold it against them. We won't. I mean, shit, I live on the north side. We won't hold from? it against them. Hey, leave. Yeah, we'll both. Where'd you go to? Elsa Hastings. Hastings. Hastings, okay. Where'd you go to? Got some bears. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's like seven years I, uh, old. Yeah. First of all, wait, how old are you? I'm 38. Well, I'll be 38 in November. Oh. November okay. boy. Six. Nick, your birthday two days before mine. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> You're not going to be 39, though. Yeah, yeah November 8th. You're not going to be 39. Nah, I'll be 37. Oh, okay. So I'll be 38. You know, V and you haven't aged since I've met y'all in my head. Like, y'all are still however old y'all were when I met. Nigga, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, we're just going to jump right in here. Um, and I'm going to attempt to do. A, oh wait, since you don't put your face on your profile, I'm assuming are you? So, I guess we'll get into that, huh? Yeah. We'll so get, no, we'll I was gonna say that. no pictures. No, you can take pictures. Okay. I'll just put my glasses on. That's normally what I do. Is that gonna stop people from identifying you? Uh, just tell me when you're taking a picture. Okay. <laughs> or take one when I'm covering my face. Okay. Like Earl Hillman like on uh, nah, like Homeboy on um, what is that? Home Improvement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy Wilson. Uh, Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. So, oh, okay, I'm going to take a picture that way we don't have to stop in the uh in the middle. So, uh today we are in the heart of Third Ward, Houston, Texas. Uh though it's not a city, it feels like one, kind of like uh the Republic of Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> when Spike speaks about his his homeland, um, and we are here to speak with a gentleman that I have only recently met, um, and I've gotten an opportunity to talk to him a little bit and check out some of the work. Um, and you know, he kind of like kind of like a mobster. He was vouched for by uh, some good people that I've known for quite some time. Um, and we are here to learn a lot more about his work, um, his life, the passions and, and things that drive him. Um, and I'm not going to take too long on this intro because I want to make sure that we get a lot of information from him because 
again, we only met a short time ago, <laughs> and right. uh, there's a lot to learn. So, I would like to introduce to the Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, Mr. Lamont French. Hello, 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 hello. What's Welcome. going on? What's going on? It's a good Sunday in Houston. It is. Yes, it's gorgeous it is. outside. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's real nice. We appreciate you agreeing to do this. Oh, man, I'm humbled. Thank you guys for, you know, even thinking that much about me to kind of research me and ask me to do yeah, it. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, like I said, like, when you meet people, sometimes you be like, I don't know about this nigga. <laughs> but, you know, when they come and they're, they're, they're kind of attached to somebody that you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. All right, cool. Healthy skepticism is always bit. fine. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it's absolutely fine. And I think I, everybody does it, right? That's everybody true. look at niggas and be That's like, true. No, when I walk in, they're like, you, you, you're not Mark, so. <laughs> <laughs> she immediately was like, I'm Raquel. <laughs> Are you the cops? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because um, this is our question that we love to start with, because yeah. it, it kind of sets the tone for where we're going. Um, but what's your earliest memory of art like your first connection to it um it's funny because uh everyone says they talk about art and it's just i don't really i'm an artist that's my profession Mm -hmm. but i my earliest memory of being creative Mm -hmm. um as far as making me personally making work i was probably in the second grade um and i remember uh, someone came in to do an art tutorial and they just gave us uh, these shapes, yeah, and told us to make something. And I took uh, I took these shapes, glued them on a piece of construction paper, and I made little characters out of them mm-hmm. that were like running through grass and stuff like yeah. that. So that's like my my very first piece of art that I can remember that I made. Yeah. And I'm sure I, my mom has you know stuff I made in kindergarten and you know first grade and things yeah. like that. But that's actually my first memory of making something to where I was creative you know from myself yeah um you know i i always talk about i try to incorporate you know fashion and stuff into my art but i get that from my mother really did she work in fashion or no she just um you know she grew up in the 70s um and uh you know she was she was just a little light-skinned fly lady (laughs) you know she was at all the concerts and um you know she just was um (laughs) uh that's just that was her thing yeah you know she always yeah. was up on the latest fashion and then um you know with my dad being who he was she kind of helped with his uh you know with his fashion and um making sure he looked good on sundays and, and things like that yeah so. so before before we really got into this you you kind of talked about your dad and um him playing professional ball uh-huh. Do you think that helped with your access or did that influence your access to art and like kind of the things that led you to where you are now? Um, at the time, I, I didn't really see it that way. Okay. But the things that that were surrounding me, you know, just like fashion and being able to see, um, you know, the colors at football games. And yeah. How even how they how they dressed and how they mm-hmm. moved and things like that. Yeah. Like I remember, um, you know, just looking at my dad, you know, being a muscular guy and being able to look at things that he probably didn't even pay attention to creases in his body and um you know even the way that my mother decorated our home and um you know certain crystals that she bought i remember she got um she got a bmw coupe in uh in 1986 yeah and she gutted the inside and put burgundy 
interior and the nice. outside was black. Oh, and she was hot shit. Oh yeah. Was, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She was she was fly. She was fly. I mean, I think she still owns all her mink coats. And she had it's funny because she used to have a section in her closet that was all leather from skirts to pants to vests, <laughs> all of that. And she wow. I mean, she was just she was fly. She had the first five hundred bins. You know, but that wow. was just from how she grew up yeah. and the things that she saw, you know, yeah. the flamboyancy of, you know, her favorite music group and um, just the women that she hung around. Um, yeah. You know, most of them were her cousins and, yeah. and you know, relatives. Yeah, so sure. they all, you know, kind of had the same swag. But those are things that, you know, I was surrounded by. You know, I can remember going on family vacations to Jamaica and, um, yeah. you know, my, my, my dad just he was a real simple guy. Mm-hmm. But my mom kind of gave him that flamboyancy. And then as I got older and me being an athlete and me having to present myself to the media and things like that, I was always concerned about my presentation, yeah. um, you know, how I looked, even if it was on a casual day. Um, you know, uh, my dad always told me, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you smell good, things like yeah. that. Um, you know, just little nuances. And, <clears throat> you know, those things carried with me. Um, you know, as I grew up and then, you know, a few other things kind of influenced, um, you know, who I became uh, later on along the line. So at what point did you have the self-awareness to consider yourself a creative or an artist? Um, that came later on in life. Uh, you know, a big thing of mine when I was, I think, 13, I started writing poetry, um, you know, and that I started doing that because I liked a girl and uh, <laughs> and it's funny because that girl eventually became my wife. Nice. So um, my, like my first journal full of poems, you know, they're all about, you know, her. Mm-hmm. And um, I still didn't consider myself to be a creative. Yeah. You know, that's just something that I did. Um, but it expanded. Um, <clears throat> and then probably when. When I got to college, the media was real heavy in my life because I was an athlete. So I needed an escape yeah. from all of those things that were going on. Uh, so I would, you know, I would write and journal and, um, you know, just kind of doodle. Um, yeah. And all that went away, you know, I guess as I got into adulthood yeah. because my focus was more so on, you know, being a father, being a husband and things like that. Um, so then... Uh, I got a divorce probably about seven years ago and I kind of was at a crossroad in my life. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what my next move was. Yeah. So I went back to what always was therapy to me and that was being creative. But at this point I was 30 years old and my mind was more mature. It was more disciplined in my actions. So I moved differently. So my creative, I didn't know it. The creative side of my brain had expanded. Because mm-hmm. of all the content that I had had yeah. from the time, I guess you could say I was 16, 17 years old through my life experiences all the way up and to when I was 30, 31. So that's when I decided to, OK, I'm going to take this art thing serious. And I guess that's when I decided, OK, I'm a, an artist. OK. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the ideas that I had, I couldn't just put on paper anymore. So that's when I bought when bought the big canvases and you know, the Liquitex acrylic and, you yeah. know, spend a couple hundred dollars on some paint brushes and really start studying deeper into, you know, art history and who local big time artists were. Yeah. And um, that's how I became familiar with Robert Hodge. Um, 
And, you know, it just grew and grew and grew. And I had all this work after like two years. And my friends would come to my place and they would see, you know, this work. And they were like, are you selling any of this? And I'm yeah. like, no. Nah. You know, I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine was like, you need to you need to have a show and show this work. And, um, you know, in between that time, I sold a couple pieces. So uh, I put together a show. Uh, I partnered with uh, the Houston Museum of African-American Culture. Yeah. And um, I put together my first solo show in 2016, uh, November 5th. And it was called a, a Journey into an Artist's Mind, Introducing Lamont French. And I had 275 people there. Oh, that's a really nice. great turnout. Yeah, that's a great turnout. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I said, that museum's not that big. So that's no. a, a really yeah. good yeah. turnout. Yeah, up and up and down. Yeah. Up yeah. and down, uh, the two stories. And we had... Uh, How many pieces did you show? 18. 18. And it's funny because... Well, some of them shits was big as hell, huh? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but the thing was, <laughs> the funny thing is, it was a great turnout and I sold work yeah. and things like that. But looking back on it now to where I'm at, that was... um four years ago almost three, three like three and a half yeah. yeah and the work was it was just work mm-hmm. it was not a body of work it, was wasn't, yeah. 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 it wasn't cohesive mm-hmm. um you know there were some things about it that that kind of tied the work together but it was just yeah. a bunch of work but it gave me a great starting point yeah and it was uh you know it was a great starting point because it taught me a lot it taught me that you know it's the art business kind of like the record business you know you these galleries they sign these artists and then they take 50 percent of their revenue mm-hmm. is that what the take is <laughs> yeah 50 percent. sometimes it's sometimes it's, it's a little bit more every time yeah. i throw percentages out i'm like what the fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean there there are probably some places that do maybe like 40 yeah. 35 that seems so high but yeah generally it's about 50 Okay. Yeah, there are no also wonder some places. Still goddamn expensive. You. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta you gotta make up the margin. Yeah. If you losing fifty percent. <clears throat> yeah. Shit. You know my my because all like that sourcing all yeah. this because all that fifty percent that you get <laughs> that's not even profit. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you still gotta think like about your cost. Sourcing. So and all this. Yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So a twenty thousand dollar piece of work. Yeah. I, I you see. only getting ten. <laughs> and of that ten, you already spent maybe five. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Um, you know, but I put that show together with no gallery backing. You know, Mm -hmm. I just went to HMAC and was like, Hey, look, this is what I'm going to provide. So can you guys let me have your venue for half price? So they were charging like maybe $1,800. Yeah. And they were like, you know, what do you mean you're going to bring it? I said, I'm going to supply the alcohol, bartender, security, everything. You know, I'm going to invest in myself. That's basically what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they gave me, you know, you know, big shout out to them because they allowed me to do that. And, um, that show showed me that, hey, I don't have to wait for anybody to give me anything in this industry. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, kind of maneuver and yeah. make my contacts and, um, you know, and just <clears throat> get in the positions that I need to, 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 to get in. Yeah. And, um, you know, that show also got me a situation to where I ended up meeting Robert Hodge. Yeah. And, uh, um, I was just about to ask that. And <laughs> from that point, um, you know, I asked him, uh, it was funny because a restaurant owner came to the show, saw my work, and he was, uh, putting local artists in his restaurant. Is that Marcus? No, that's, uh, Wayne. Okay. Wayne, Wayne, okay. Wayne. He opened yeah. up a restaurant called Mamba. It's closed now. Okay. It's like Caddy Corner, uh, to where Cyclone and Eyes is on West Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I know <clears throat> um, 
So I was putting up the piece and I had the biggest piece out of all the artists, but I wasn't really a known artist at the time. Yeah. But the piece was that, uh, it was a piece that I did, uh, it's called Ode to Jay Z. Mm-hmm. It was a 48 by 72, uh, white canvas that I kind of just gessoed. And yeah. then I took three, uh, elongated smaller canvases and they were red. And I just did three red stripes, kind of like his blueprint. Okay. Three, yeah. His album cover. Yeah. And, um, and that was the piece that he bought. And it just was explaining, you know, um, how Jay Z take these simplistic, um, you know, situations, and he just kind of creates yeah. these elaborate stories yeah. that people are drawn to. You know, I call them the uh, the ghetto Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's or, interesting. Or, no, no, it was a, it was a, the ghetto Huckleberry Finn. Okay, that's what I. Yeah, it's interesting though, because like now that you say that, like thinking about that, like Jay Z doesn't really use the most complicated words. No, nah, you got to read decode Ever. it though. Yeah, if you read decode it, it 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 it'll take your brain like yeah. this. For his lyrics. Well, I mean, even listening to his music, like every time you listen to it, you'll hear something a little bit different, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. very difficult to, yeah. in one sitting, understand everything that Jay-Z says, even though he's using simple words. It's crazy because him and I would say Andre 3000, yeah. when they rap, it's little things that they say that you wouldn't even think that they pay attention to. Yeah. Even the way that they, like... With Andre 3000, the way that he kind of breaks up his bars uh-huh. and like the irregular bar structure <laughs> yeah. that he uses from time to time is kind of like, yo. It's almost like he's talking and uh-huh. having a conversation with yeah. someone right across from him. Yeah. That's, that's, but it's like the, in, in the smoothest way, like almost like a pimp like yeah. from the 70s. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm going to go do what yeah. you just said, dude. Yeah. And I'll come back and tell you about it. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not to glorify pimping or, nor say, human no, trafficking. No, no. I was going to say. But what so I'm thinking about, what I'm thinking about is like Superfly, like the movie Superfly, right? Well, that's what like, I'm saying. That's why I said he's like the ghetto Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. You know, he's gone through all of these things and he's just coming back and he's selling these stories. He might put a little extra mustard on it. Yeah. You know, but that situation did happen. Yeah, for sure. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, nonetheless, uh, I was putting up that piece and then Hodge was coming in and he was dropping off some of his collages and we, we had met. I had been a fan of his a couple years prior. A friend yeah. of mine had, uh, had this biggie piece that he had did and I had become a, a fan of his right when I was, I had just started, you know, kind of getting, Get my feet wet in the art world. Yeah. And, um, you're not, not talking about that big ass Coogee piece, huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that shit is amazing. Yeah. I remember yep. when he can't, when, when he first showed that at, um, the cam. It's that sick, crazy. man. Yeah. It's it sick. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, I just went up to him, introduced myself, uh, let him know who I was. And I was like, Hey, man, you know, I would love to just kind of hang around if, if you'd allow me to. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just, you know, I was let, let I was kind of groupyish, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But you know, he, it happened. Hey, you know, but he was like, "Yeah, man, you know, just show up." Yeah, you know, and I was like, "All right, cool." He called me like a week later and was like, "Yo, what you doing?" I wasn't doing anything at all. He was like, "Come to the studio. I need some help doing blase, blase." And from yeah. then on, you know, we've been rocking for like two years. And you know, the thing with Hodge is, he just he lets me see you know, certain sides of what's going on in the yeah. art world and learn from those things. Yeah. Not more so the painting and, and creating and things like that. You know, that's, he kind of just lets me do my thing with that. But, you know, he shows me how to maneuver and uh, I've got a lot of great contacts to him, but he's also become a good friend of mine. So, yeah. Yeah. I've actually, um, I haven't even talked to him about this, but I've, <coughs> I've, uh, volunteered him to be my mentor, one of my mentors. So, you know, Hodge, if you listen to this shit, uh, we talking later. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, that, I'm, that's a good way to go about it, man. And that's very like, 
it it kind of skipped us ahead of a lot of things that we asked but like mm-hmm. you know kind of like what would you tell you know younger artists that are coming up and it's like i guess shit do it yourself like invest in yourself right? invest in yourself yeah. <laughs> which is a great lesson to learn early you know what I'm it's, saying? it's it's not easy because oh no in the art world it's it's it, the funny part is if it's not tangible you know as far as in the black community if you can't put your hand on it, if you can't pick it up if you can't touch it things like that mm-hmm. then we don't really understand it like okay how am i buying this piece of art for five thousand dollars i'm out of five thousand dollars right here yeah but they don't look five years down the line you, you can make thirty five thousand dollars off yeah. of that investment exactly you know what i'm saying but yeah we <clears throat> we have to learn to look beyond just what's in front of us right now yeah you know so um it's a. Uh, if you were to start a small business, mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. You're, yeah. You know, you got to take these risks and you can't you can't necessarily look at it like a risk. You have to be like, OK, I'm going to put this bread. I would. And this is how I look at it. I'd be like, look, I'm either blow this money in the club or some shoes or whatever. Um, you know, something frivolous mm-hmm. that I probably yeah. won't be able to get anything back. Yeah. on. So I'm going to invest in myself and flip this money. Instead of, yeah. But a big reason why also, too, I had to really sit down with myself and say, okay, I'm going to really create a business with this, mm-hmm. with my, with my passion and with yeah. my heart was because I felt like I'm not going to be able to leave my kids a million dollars tangible. Mm. Now yeah. I might, that might happen, but in my mind, I'm saying I can't do that. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave them something, build something, build for them something to work off of. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, art doesn't depreciate. Yeah. So when I'm gone, the value of it because of, you know, where my name will be and things like that, yeah. it's going to skyrocket. Yeah. Which is a, a very interesting thing that we've talked about on several episodes. And that's like, n- no matter what the story is, the story can be fucked up. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's some artists that have done some disgusting things and that's only made the work appreciate in value which yep. is crazy yep. and it's like nobody knows how to like i know in my heart i'm like yo that's fucking terrible right like exactly. it's, it's fucking terrible exactly. like it should not appreciate it should depreciate but unfortunately and kind of fortunately mm, that's the way the art world works, works. fortunate huh? for who fortunate for hopefully the ain't the 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 not the non piece of shit family <laughs> that has been left behind right. by that piece of shit. Okay. Now, if that piece of shit is benefiting from that artwork selling, mm-hmm. fuck them. That should not be happening. Okay, I was gonna say you nah, know, you know how now. I feel. So let's we listen. We've had this conversation. What are we talking about here? So <laughs> it's this whole thing of sep- the idea of separating the art the from the from artwork. artwork. And yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. It's, and a the, con- uh, it's a concept it's a, I don't fuck with. Oh. Well, but the. He's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but not what, what, what I, the example that I use, I think on our first We're episode. We're not going back to that yes, example. Yes, we are. Cause no. I think it's important. So. No. Cosby, I can separate Cosby uh, from the Cosby show uh, because his, his artwork had nothing to do with the fucked up shit that he was doing. Uh, R. Kelly, however. Did it. I definitely can't separate that shit. Well, it's funny. Because you're singing about <laughs> no, you young girls. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no separation yeah. there. Oh. Whereas the Cosby show was inspirational to all of us. But I raise you your, it's inspirational to say that it put him in a position of power to cause abuse. So that so sucks. I get when people are like, oh, separate the art from the artist. But if one of the consequences of him doing these terrible things is his shit gets pulled off the air, that's 
that's a consequence and i feel like people try to like oh well no. the artist shouldn't be subjected no, to consequences no absolutely <laughs> no absolutely that's so, a consequence and that's yeah. a fair it's, consequence it's funny because um i did a i just did a piece that was in my december show the the vulture the vulture yeah, magazine yeah, 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 yeah. so what i did was i took i take these these monikers i take these like little images and i create these monikers so i took vogue magazine and mm-hmm. i created a magazine cover called vulture okay culture vulture and um i included you know Bill Cosby's name, mm-hmm. and it says because uh, you know all these things are on these these covers yeah. to where yeah. it draws us in. So I had things like Monica Lewinsky uh, oh, is God. really a Kardashian. Um, <sighs> I, Yo, it did say that shit, and that shit didn't click till you just said that shit. Like, I can't say you're wrong. It says uh, I need context. <laughs> I'll pull it out for you. Okay, so you, <laughs> but, so you can see it. Okay. Um, no, I mean I, I I get what it says, but I'm, I need the why. Well, because Mark said it click. It's not click. These are all things that. Um, can I pull it out so you can see? Sure. It? Yeah, for sure. Well, so like while he's doing that, for me it clicks because it's like, so we all like people have all like treated Monica Lewinsky as though she's a victim. Yeah. Uh, but she was complicit. The the se- Bill Clinton raped her. Did he abuse his power? Did he did he abuse his power? I mean, I mean, sexual harassment is sexual harassment. It's clearly defined. So, but they had sex multiple times. Was that? that But was the question is? But the question is: Was it a function of him saying, "I'm the president, you have to have sex with me," or was it like he's the president, I want to fuck him? I'm just going back away from that one. But I'm just saying, like, just because a person is, but just because a person is in a position of power doesn't mean that people aren't trying to fuck them for that power. That's absolutely true. But also, (laughs) the onus is on the person in the the position of power to be like, no, because this can create situations where someone's saying, I'm abusing my power and sexually harassing someone. That's true, but that doesn't change. You can't take away the onus that it's like, yes, that. Yeah, but you can't throw all the blame on a person. So how do we know that it wasn't a situation where she found him attractive and that's why she wanted to have sex with him? I'm like, no. I, I hear you, Mark. I don't I don't think this is the conversation we should I'm be just having saying. right now. I'm just saying it it ties into the work. It ties into the work. So I'm just saying, like, we can't I what I always tell people is to make sure you don't uh err on the side of victim blaming to make a a, sh- a shaky at no point argument. at no point in any of the things was she called a victim did she even identify as a victim i, I hear you so I am, hear you. is it victim blaming I, yeah if, how yeah but let's talk we'll about talk this. about this later let's talk about this culture vulture i don't agree <laughs> but so <laughs> um, i was not expecting it to be this big but okay here we go so um <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, this is a moniker of Vogue magazine. So we take all of these things as what reality is. Can we back is. up real quick? Sure. Here's my art, my dumb art question. What's a moniker? A moniker is like um How do I break it down to where it's, it's and You don't have to give me the textbook definition but okay. for the context. So a moniker is basically like a uh it's like a um like a goofy mirror image. Okay. Basically. Okay. Like bitch Stewie? No. Like what? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> Did you understand my reference? Thank you. I'm not here by myself. <laughs> I don't... It's okay. a family It's a family guy reference, but I wasn't the only one in the room who got it, so... Um, we're gonna okay. Move on to, well, basically, so. these, these are things to where 
it will draw you in and they're relatable. Okay. But it's like, what if this was the truth? So that's the name of this piece. What if the truth was told? So um, like all the way down. So the barcode has uh, numbers, just like a regular barcode. Mm-hmm. But you see it says soul 99 because um, sometimes people sell their soul for fame. So the numbers represent um, the day Biggie Smalls was killed, the day Tupac was killed, the day Malcolm X was killed, and the day Martin Luther King was killed, um, Nelson Mandela's prison number, and Gianni Versace's birthday. Are these numbers significant to you for any reason, or did you they just were just monumental moments okay. in history? So I try to incorporate history uh, in a lot of my work as well. So, um, as you can see, like the American Red Cross was exposed for making porn and tax evasion. CEO says Trump no, knew the truth. Exclusive interviews with the White House officials. Hashtag fake news. Okay. Um, you know, so these are just things. Like I said, uh, you know, you have a, a reference to uh, Bill Cosby, Cosby and Kavanaugh pen pals. Because I. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because, I mean, you, you have to look. I mean, what's the difference? No, I. I understand it. So other than know. numbers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you have things like you know Kanye traded for Justin Timberlake, <laughs> you know. So it's it's just <laughs> you know, and and I mean it goes even further. You know, Colin Kaepernick uh, being the, the commissioner, NFL commissioner of NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell <laughs> joins Ku Klux Klan and donates forty one million dollars to NAACP. Clinton <laughs> says thank you to. <laughs> You know, to how President Joe Biden and Vice President Barack Obama made America great again. Okay. To booty versus brains. I mean, these are things to where. So then it, it all ties in. You know, mm-hmm. we have mental health for sale. So how I tie it in is I take Pac-Man, right? And he's eating everything. He's eating everything up. That could be revenue, business sales. Uh, you know, he might have made a new product that he sold on, on, on the black market and made a billion dollars. But then you have these ghosts that are chasing you. And they will eventually catch up with you, and that will stop everything. So then it all ties in together. Okay. So my question is, how would you describe your art to people who aren't familiar with it? Um, in, in the art world, the discipline, it's called abstract expressionism. Okay. So what that is, is there's always an underlying message. What I call it is a simplistic complexity. So it's where I take these small, simple things that we might... Uh, just not even think of in everyday life mm-hmm. uh, like cologne bottles um, things like that and then I give them a little bit more of a deeper meaning I give them a little bit of depth my biggest muse is the American flag okay so it's where I distort the flag um, in all kind of different ways sometimes it can be for art sometimes it can be just to tell a message or whatnot um, but I always know what the consumer is going to see at first yeah but I also know what it means. So it draws them in to where, okay, I know this is what you're going to see. You're going to see a magazine cover. Mm-hmm. But then when I break it down to you and you look deeper into what it's saying, yeah, then you'll understand. And the art will, that's when it will touch you. Okay. So who are your, who, what artists would you list as your influences? Um, of course, Jean-Michel uh, is probably the biggest influence just because of the colors, the color patterns that he uses. And That's his, Basquiat, for and, those of you not familiar <laughs> with his first name. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they look at, he was a phenomenal, phenomenal artist, phenomenal painter, but his content, it was always so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and in just different ways and things that you wouldn't think yeah. of when, you know, referring to cotton and flour. And, um, you know, he has this one piece where he... Uh, he drew a flea 
and then he put uh, it was 46 47 48 49 and i remember uh the journalist asked him he was like what's the difference between flea 46 and flea 48 he said yeah what is the difference he said <laughs> but that's what we all look that's that's how we all look upon them like okay this flea's bigger this flea's smaller but there's no difference yeah um that's so, funny i immediately thought presidents um <laughs> so it's just um you know my thing is the content you know content and and how we and content is every day it's what's going yeah. on in the world but some things we we walk past it so i did a, a series on uh called aroma series mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's where uh, i took these cologne bottles and i gave them monikers again so yeah. you know creed was greed and um chanel number five it was no one cares yeah um things like that but the 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 message behind it is yes you're looking at a, a cologne or perfume bottle mm-hmm. but every day we give off energy when we interact with people so what we spray on us you have to think that's what we're giving off we're we're, we're pushing that onto other people mm-hmm. and not necessarily the actual cologne but we, we, your attitude the way yeah. that you walk how you approach a, a meeting um you know, even, you know, just how you carry yourself in general, how you drive your car, uh, you, you know, being pleasant on the road is not always an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, so it's just about giving off energy. But you take that simple image mm-hmm. and you break it down and you would you would never really think in depth of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just that's that's kind of where I go. With so I have a question and I feel like I have to ask this question because I have to be fair to our listeners and to myself. Um <laughs> In that no, you'll you'll you know where I'm going because a lot of people have heard me talk about like, um, I know where you're going. Yeah, and let me preface this by saying I mean absolutely no disrespect. I'm trying to understand oh, yeah, though, no. okay. but like I all I often talk about like pieces that I've seen that are derivative, right? Mm-hmm. Of like especially of John Michelle. Mm-hmm. in our generation uh-huh. right yeah um and you do have one piece that i saw yeah that's self-reflection yeah it, it it's pretty derivative mm-hmm. of john michelle's work mm-hmm. so my question is like what led you to create a work in that same aesthetic it was my homage to him okay so it was to uh it was more so to show this is my influence and this is where yeah. you know the work can be taken today because his works to the test of time i yeah. mean there's things that are there in his work that are going on right now yeah absolutely so that was my, absolutely that was my homage to him okay yeah. okay from the color pattern to just the structure of it mm-hmm. and the breaking it down okay um so okay so i'm sorry uh and this is just this is you know like artist to artist question mm-hmm. so did you feel that it was important that you use that same aesthetic or i guess it's kind of like did you feel as though there was no other way to represent it other than I felt using like it that was, specific aesthetic i felt like it was important um for this the, the biggest thing about art is that in the we're not educated in the black community uh, as far as the the the, the you, they're not educated about art, the art history the, of everything. Exactly. Yeah, I got you. So I feel like this younger generations that are looking at this work, uh-huh. they need to spark that question. Like I just said, Jean Michel. Most people our generation they know who Jean Michel is. Yeah. Or older, but 
you have to say his full name or Basquiat for them to understand who he is. Yeah. But I want that question to come up mm-hmm. so that I can explain. This is this was my influence. This okay. is who inspired me not to do this work like yeah. this, but this is who inspired me to be an artist. Yeah. This is who inspired me to follow my passion, to be creative. Yeah. And this is what his work looked like. And these are these are things that I put in in that piece that are actually going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Too. So 30 years later, a kid that's, you know, 23, 24 years old or whatnot, yeah. he, he might not look as far back as 1987 to see who Jean-Michel Basquiat yeah. is, but he might look and see who Lamont French is yeah. and see who his influence is. Yeah. And now he's going to go back and yeah. look at, you know, who Jean-Michel was from 1987. Okay. I got you. And I, I, I had to be fair to you and ask that question because in all honesty, like, but, it did, but the work did its job because you asked that question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause the thing is like, I'm not going to lie. I shit on a lot of people that do that because of the fact that like, he's done it on this podcast. Yeah, so exactly. I, I appreciate That's you. That's what I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, but I understand, I understand both as a dude from Houston, from a leaf with my family in new Orleans, I would be fake as shit. Uh-huh. If I didn't ask that exactly. question, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'd be faking shit if I didn't Definitely. own up to like, yeah, no, nah, I shit now, on niggas. Like, but the thing is, like, usually when I shit on people whose work looks like that, it's 20, 30 pieces That's what that I look like say. that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was one piece. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, when I walked into the show, I looked at it like, because it was right up at the it's, top of the, the stairs. First piece that Once you said. walk in, and I was like, I kind of looked at my wife and I was like, I'm gonna talk to this nigga about shit <laughs> because like I, I really i really always want to know like what the idea is right but again it's one piece so and everything you, else like you could see the influence uh, but you could also see where it was unique you uh, could also see where it was you mm-hmm. right and i thought that was important i was wondering if you were gonna ask him oh <laughs> come on we, we talked like, about this too, and i was like i wonder if mark gonna keep it real and, and have the conversation definitely i, I always try to keep it a hundred man like <laughs> I respect yeah. that. I definitely respect Shit. that. No frauds. Oh, boy. And, and, and I've known me for a few years. So you I should just, know. Like. I, I didn't want to be messy and bring it yeah. up. So and, like, and, really and that's, that's not going to be the first time that comes up. No. Yeah, for sure. You know, so uh, I appreciate you for being 100, but also, too, it shows that you also looked at the work. Yeah. You know, yeah, for so, sure. For yeah. sure. And it's like, you know. I, so what do you think about the work? The work. I dig the work. I see. I definitely see the, the Basquiat influence. Um, and I like. So I'm one of those people. I can't just read what you have on the wall and be uh-huh. like, oh yeah, I get that shit. No, nah, fuck <laughs> that shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not the, I'm not that person. I'm not that person. I'm the person I gotta sit down and talk to you about the work. And like even having you explain Vulture, like I liked this piece when I saw it at the show, mm-hmm. right? The uh, Ode to My Mind. Yeah. 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 So when I saw it there, like I dug it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, I gotta find out more mm-hmm. because, and that's like when I told you, I actually wanted to have, like I told you, like we were thinking about having you on for the second season. And that's because I wanted to sit down with you and talk about the work. Okay. Because we had talked about Lincoln uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah, but right. I wanted to, you know, because I don't want to, I want to make sure that I'm being fair to people and mm-hmm. that I'm not like, oh, I'm going to talk to this artist just for the content. Uh-huh. Like, fuck that. No, uh-huh. I want to, I want to actually have some sort of connection mm-hmm. to you and your work yeah. to be able to understand like what's really going on? I don't want this to be the first time that I'm I'm seeing the work and I'm like, mm, but I appreciate shit, that I because <laughs> I mean, I mean, but you're that's authentic, you know. Some people like you know 
they might do a podcast because podcast is the thing to do. Yeah. You know, but that's authentic. I, yeah. and, I and I appreciate that. You yeah. Know? And I, like I said, that's not going to be the first time I get that question. Yeah. No, nah, not at all. So, not at all. Uh, and it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't right. be the first. It shouldn't be the last. Right. Because as we look at work and as we educate ourselves in artwork, we have to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. We have to investigate mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people out here just making shit that looks like somebody else's exactly. shit just because they know that's what's popular. Exactly. Exactly. And, that, <laughs> you know, I told someone um, <laughs> I was in a relationship with, and this person, uh, they were they were kind of a creative, but it was kind of like a fad too what they yeah. were doing. And um, I hadn't had it. I was preparing for my show, but my show was like a year out. Yeah. So, uh you know, of course, we end up having a, a, a what is it, a, a spirited, <laughs> spirited debate. We were, <laughs> we were having a spirited debate, and uh, she was she told me she said, uh, yeah, well, at least I got a show to get ready for. Oh wow, Aww. wow. So uh, that's just arguing. That is not a spirited debate. <laughs> not, that ain't even arguing, bro. That's that is, just stank. Like right? that's not. Nice. But I had, to, but then also too, I, I thought about that because I didn't say anything after that. So maybe yeah. two days later. I came back and I told her, I said, listen, I don't care if I ever sell a painting. I'm not going to stop painting and making this work because I'm not doing this because it's cool. This is a passion that I have. Mm-hmm. If I don't get these ideas out of my brain, I'm going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's I do this from a passion standpoint. Yeah. It's not for what's popping because I could do what's popping. You know, yeah. I, could, I can make, um, you know, metamodernist work because that's pop and that's that's you know like the Alec Monopolies and the King Saladins and mm-hmm. you know um people that are making work because it, it sells right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but I'm trying to you know uh you know Robert Hodge is my mentor. I'm trying to make the history books. You know, I, I want uh a couple of my paintings to be up in the MFA to where my kids can go and and they can say that's 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 my dad, you know. Yeah. And and he actually made an influence on the culture. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the standpoint of where my work is is uh, is made from, is from from a passion standpoint. So let's let's actually talk about um, your process. What does that look like for you? Uh, you know, it's uh, you know every morning I wake up and uh, I get on the internet. I don't have a TV um, at all. I do have a TV, but it's not it's not like set up or anything. Okay. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I look on the internet and I, I just find what's going on in the world because my work is based on content. Um, and I try to take past history and current history and merge them through something that is common. Yeah. Like a magazine, um, you know, like a hundred dollar bill, mm-hmm. um, like perfume cologne. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a giant two of hearts playing card that's outlined with caution tape. Um, you know, <laughs> relationships, you know, love or no love or whatnot, the complexity of it. Yeah. Um, and I try to merge that gap. And then, um, you know, part of the process can just be letting the actual canvas, whatever it may be, uh, talk to you. You know, yeah. I can sit in front of the canvas for two, three hours for two months at a time and mm-hmm. not touch it. And I just let it talk to me and it'll tell me when to touch it. And sometimes it'll tell me when not to touch it. Like, mm-hmm. don't fuck with me right now. That's or, consent. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. I'm sorry. I, could, I couldn't pass that up. I, I apologize. I don't like you. <laughs> hey, 
That's a that's a can, can, yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 art lessons real world applications. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just, it was too good. That I wish they could good. see me rolling my eyes at you right now. That was too great though. But okay. hey, you know what? Anyway, yes. The, so um, do you only work on canvas? I'm sorry. I mean, no, 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 no. Okay. I, I mean, I use pretty much anything I can get my hands on. Okay. Uh, like this is cardboard. It's just collaged in an old magazine paper. Um, you know that's the a, face. That's an actual flag. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, is that nice? Yeah. Um, you know, and I I use all kinds. Different Do you use acrylic, oil? Uh, mixed media. Mixed media. I oil. use pretty much anything. I mean, I have. Uh, I just sold a piece. Uh, did you didn't come to? The, did you come to the November show? No, no, no. no. I just sold a piece um, called "Intellectual Assholes." All intellectual assholes stink too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I did the. Uh, oh, I collaged the canvas with Monopoly money and okay. comic book covers, so I used a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, is there a media that you've worked is it media or medium media media okay mm -hmm. I'm making sure I said it right is there a media you've worked with that you're like that's not it that's oil true. is intimidating oil yeah. <laughs> you have I feel to like do, a lot of people say that well most people most people talk about the drying time mm -hmm. which is a bitch yes but yeah. I can it's, say it's beautiful yeah. yeah but it takes so long so long to dry, to dry. Okay. and it's it, it can get a little difficult to control mm. at times because yeah. it, it clots Mm -hmm. And it, how it slides, it's not like yeah. if you take an acrylic and you'd slide it and you can pretty much maneuver, it kind of does what it wants. So you really got to control it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because, so because it's oil, there's literally chemical processes that you have to do in order to manipulate it the way that you want to. And if you're not very good at that, but you're good at painting, mm -hmm. you still suck at oil. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> so, it's and so even if, nice. but then the other side of it is, if you're great mm -hmm. at getting the consistency that you want and getting the oil to do exactly what you want, but you suck at painting, you still suck at painting. Something to think about. Like, <laughs> it's, great. It's, like it's it's just a weird thing, right? Uh -huh. So that's why they have retardants and things like that yeah. for acrylic that oh, you can like use. Mark. <laughs> What? Wow. You stupid. You gotta listen. Yeah. You gotta listen. I heard you. Yes, the retardants that you can use for acrylic paints and things like that. That'll help because acrylic dries fast as shit. Yeah. So you slow down the drying time of mm -hmm. acrylic to be able to use it and manipulate it like oil, but you still don't get the exact same look. Mm -hmm. I've seen a couple painters that are able to get like oil looks it. from acrylic. You can mix it yeah, in you can and then say it. it's an oil painting, mm -hmm. but it's, I mean, yeah, that's all. That's preference, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, impurists will eat your ass up. For that. Yes, like, yes, they will. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> um, but that's probably the, the like I said. That's probably the most difficult that I've worked with thus far. Yeah. Um, but as far as the process, I mean, like I said, I like to be in the heart of the city. You know, yeah. I like to be able to, you know, walk down the street and 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 go to the corner store uh, at two three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then walk back to the studio or to you know look outside, see the skyline. Yeah. Um, you know, hear the, the cars driving by the highway. I mean, it's the heartbeat of the city, man, you know, and um, just being from Houston and, and watching and watching the culture change over the years. Yeah. I mean, I grew up here. My my dad actually played for the Houston Oilers, nice. you know, and uh, so I watched them leave and bring a new team in. And even just like, you know, things such as playing high school sports here and, and you know, having a name in that area. Uh, you know, and seeing how we are, uh, you know, at, at an early age, you're revered. 
you know, yeah. for being a celebrity, yeah. quote unquote. And then, you know, knowing about U of H sports to okay. UT sports to TC, you know, just yeah. rivalries. And then um, and even coming back home uh, from, you know, from college and, and playing ball and seeing the culture change to where downtown was just full of black clubs at that time and houston was the place to be and then watching now from 2006 to where we're in 2019 it's it's, it's gentrified so seeing all of those things change that's why i mean that's why i always say i'm just a creole kid from houston and the definition behind that is you know my parents allowed me to dream a little bit further along than what was just in front of me but i'm no different from anybody else yeah i just i just live off my passion yeah you know so what did you study in college? Uh, psychology. Okay. I have a, uh, my, my undergrad is, well, my major was family and child psychology and I have a minor in sociology. Okay. okay. So when, when you are creating, when you are working on the piece, mm-hmm. what's the earmark for you that the work is done? That, that, so I have to, that's the most difficult thing about being an abstract style artist is that I'm a perfectionist. So, you know, even when, even while I'm creating the work, sometimes I have to tell myself it doesn't have to be perfect. That line doesn't have to be yeah. that straight, you know. So it's just actually making myself stop early on. Like I tell you, my first show, my work was kind of all over the place because mm-hmm. I never I couldn't find a stopping point. or I was always trying to touch something up. Um, but now it gets to a point to where the work will, because the work is so strong. It'll actually tell me, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're done. Don't you know? Don't do anything else. And then sometimes I'll come back to it. You know, maybe yeah. four or five months later. Yeah. So that happens. Um, you know, I think that's any artist's most challenging thing is to know when it's done. Yeah. Even if, let's say, you don't sell a piece for two years, you're gonna look at that piece and you're gonna want to touch it again or add something to it, mm-hmm. or and also to the content's gonna change. Yeah. You know, over time. For sure. So <laughs> you know what I mean. So. Yeah. Um, and our views change exactly time, right? exactly <laughs> the exactly. way that we understand life exactly which you know art imitates life because our life gets put on that canvas <laughs> i tell you something interesting about this, since we're talking about timelines so you know i became a professional artist you know just discipline as far as that's what i'm going to do when mm-hmm. i was 32 33 years old that doesn't mean that i haven't always been creative yeah so for sure when i was 22, 23, 24 years old, I had all of these ideas, all of these colors and things like that. I didn't have the discipline, the self-discipline. Now that goes a long way from mentally to financially mm-hmm. to to your time. Yeah. Um, you know, and prioritizing to actually execute these ideas yeah. and to be able to push them out. So it took some maturing, it took me going through some things in life um to kind of take a seriousness to my passion and you know timing is everything and so when that opportunity presented itself i took it seriously and uh i could tell the the difference in the discipline pattern as to 10 years ago to now yeah so yeah i mean that's that's important as well i mean to because i feel like in so many other facets of life and even (laughs) Even today with uh, and we've had this conversation before, Raquel, in this day and age of like call out culture. Uh-huh. Right. Like <laughs> you, we pigeonhole people into uh-huh. who they were uh-huh. when they said some fucked up shit. Right. But- <laughs> or, even, or even done some fucked up. Shit. Yeah. Now, some things that is that is necessary. Yeah, but for sure. You- <laughs> 
evolution is important. Right, right, evolution right. is important. Right. And if we're not going to respect Rock people's evolution. Well, but my, my, my <laughs> thing always is if we're not going to re- respect somebody's evolution, why the hell are we pushing for people to evolve? So, you know, my side eye wasn't, that wasn't against the idea of people evolving, but no, there's a, there's a whole nother podcast. Explain it to that. us, though. Um, from what point? I we can continue on. I don't, no, I'd like to. I'd like yeah, to, I mean, so we can continue on. I mean, yeah, we want to hear. I've, I feel okay. So since we're, we're doing this, we're doing um, this. People who've done bad things. Absolutely can grow from it. I feel like oftentimes where we sell ourselves short in that conversation is we skip over all the other things that should happen and making sure these things are whole to allow that person. Like to, what? Uh, so I, no, I get what she's if saying. someone's victimized something, mm-hmm. has that victim been made whole? Have they been given an opportunity mm-hmm. to have these things, whatever their whatever justice means to them? Yeah. The community that's been impacted. Oh by yeah, the absolutely. Has that yeah. happened? Then we can get to the abusers. Yeah evolution and i feel like a lot of time where we sell ourselves short in that conversation is well damn they've changed so fuck all that other shit they shouldn't oh, have nah, to have those I don't, consequences i don't agree with that because they're changing that. and i that's what yeah. I, said. I don't i knew that that wasn't your position but i think yeah. that's what gets lost in the conversation is people want to jump to well they're a good person now so yeah. they shouldn't have to have well i think no matter no matter what position you sit in that's a much more complicated yeah. conversation mm-hmm. and, and situation to navigate than people give it credit, right? Absolutely. Because even in everything that you said that I agree with, mm-hmm. there's also the question of what if there are other outside issues that are stopping the person who was victimized from being made whole that aren't wholly tied to this particular instance yeah and right so, you know no, what i'm saying so it, it gets really murky but and, i feel like it's not addressed at all yeah so nah. like since I we keep you. bringing up bill cosby and r kelly and we're like oh <laughs> mute him if his victims are saying don't buy his tickets and buy his music that's the least that i can fucking do if we're not gonna put yeah. him in jail so yeah. i don't feel yeah. conflicted on that it's yeah. like okay i mean step in the name of love is fun or whatever at, at weddings but that shit don't mean that much to me. Where I, I stopped can't listening say to R. Kelly before he came out with the that very, the, the, at the <laughs> very minimum, and the all the things yeah. that this victim wants is this. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah. Sh- yeah may- maybe sure. I haven't gotten yeah, as sure. far as sure. everybody who has one degree of separation yeah. canceling them too. Yeah, maybe we're not there, but the very least I can do. And it, but it all before I start saying, oh yeah. well, he he's changed or like I feel but, like people jump to that because yeah. there's value in saying, yeah. oh, people are changed. Well, that but, goes back though. That goes back to the separating the art from the artist thing yeah. as well because like with bill cosby it's He's, like some people also the art's not that great like there are a lot of people yeah. where you could be like that's, that's a, true that's a big fucking ass that's true to but say bill separate cosby, the art like, from the, the art. cosby show yeah my dad left when i was nine yeah i ain't I was in the hood no yeah. seeing some affluent black folks yeah. on tv bill every cosby fucking week like man yeah and, and, and <laughs> real I get, shit and i get so that. it's kind of it's much more difficult to be like well but the the artwork didn't have shit to and, do with. And I get that. You know and you know what? That shit's back on air. So it's not even really a talking <laughs> okay. point. So, but it's one of those things that yeah. if I don't think his victims asked for that stuff to be pulled off, I no, think a I lot of it so. was a reactionary, like, yeah. oh, which yeah. is why it got restored. But if all his victims said, pull Cosby show off, I personally would feel conflicted being like, oh, but that show meant so much to me. It's oh, like, I'm conflicted uh-huh. with it without yeah. them asking yeah, for that's, it. Yeah, so that's you my point is one of those is that <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes it's like, okay, 
take a step back, take yeah. my personal feelings out of it because I don't think in any situation, and there are people that I hold to very high standards, yeah. that their art should supersede but it's even, everything that they I mean, do. it's even even how y'all were talking about, you know, the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky situation. You know, it just, <laughs> it, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know. So that reference to her right there, that could offend some people. Yes. Absolutely. But also and art can be offensive. I'm not saying that exactly. at all. Art can yeah. be offensive. It it, it has to be in some case, cases. It makes the conversation relevant. But does it make your art good? No. So <laughs> I, I know so I yeah. think sometimes people is like, Oh, I do I make offensive art that doesn't make your art good. Oh no, 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 no. This is a shit load of shock value. And I'm and I'm not yeah, saying no, I'm not saying no. that in direct no. in direction of your art. I'm saying that a lot of people fall on that as their well mm-hmm. it got people yeah. talking that's kind of like this uh, it doesn't make it good yeah there was a spanish photographer who got into some shit because <laughs> that's actually funny because of what i'm about to say oh god he took macro photos of assholes not shitty people like uh, yeah. actual assholes. assholes like anuses like <laughs> oh, and when in in some cases when he was asked why it was kind of like, why not? And it's just like, come the fuck on, bro. Yeah. Like, come, <laughs> what do you, what do you mean, why not? Because there's nothing of value there. Were like, any of them pretty? <laughs> I don't think that's a question way? that I'm equipped to answer. I don't think I'm equipped to answer that question. A pretty okay. asshole. Mm. Is oh. everything not art? I don't. Okay, Raquel. No, I was just asking. I'm but an asshole kidding. looks like the end of a football. Where all the scenes and stitches come. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, is that pretty? That's where it's stitched up. Like, yeah. is, it, is it pretty? Like, that's. I've never thought The I've end of a football. But not a. Not, oh, not God. Yeah. You can see, never look I, at a football the same. I can't unsee it. Wow. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, that's I, what I, she looks like. So yeah. it's kind of like. I feel you. It, can that be pretty? I, I don't. Maybe if you're a football manufacturer, I don't, and you know. understand the craft- <laughs> exactly. I'm going to stick with that. If you're a person that understands the craftsmanship of how those things are made, not assholes, but footballs, are they pictures or paintings? I might they're have lost photographs. Those. Do you know how? They're Never mind. Photographs. Let's, we need to ask they're about fo- that process, Bruh. Yeah. I mean, it's still not as crazy as Robert Maplethorpe. If you've never Googled Robert Robert Maplethorpe's photos, no. you should. Nah, um, I'll tell you about it. I just want people to be shocked and look that shit up. Um, but <laughs> so, do you have a personal mantra when creating? What do you mean? So, for me, my mantra this year is be more, do more, make more. Uh-huh. So, like, that's that's motivating everything that I do. Oh my God. So, when you, <laughs> she just looked up Robert Maplethorpe. Uh, when when you're creating is there something that that you're repeating throughout that work to get the work done or something Um, that you want to remember whenever you're creating every single piece um not not something necessarily that i tell myself as far as pushing me myself Mm -hmm. but as far as the work yeah i continue to tell myself go deeper yeah Go, go deeper Go deep, because I mean I take all of these different things and I yep. put them into a piece. <laughs> I let that joke go. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was Raquel's fault. I'm so fault. sorry. See, that was Raquel's fault. I'm so sorry. And, you were just looking and up. I usually fuss at Mark for that. Because the funny thing is, I was about to be like, she'll appreciate it, but uh, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so. But that, that's your fault because I was gonna you're let that shit go. You're blushing. I, I am. You are blushing. <laughs> Because I usually fuss at you about that. But hey, I, continue. Everyone was thinking it. I derailed uh, the conversation. Well, I, I mean, 
I don't want to say it again. <laughs> so Lamont says to go deeper. That's going to be a caption on one of our posts for your, your episode. <laughs> it's just going to say Lamont says go deeper. No context. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let you sign that one. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so Dirty brain, um, dirty working brain. like as you're working, you want to go deeper, which means to explore more into the content into the content okay yes gotcha into the content okay all right so and then um you know i've tried uh with this last body of work uh for the show in december mm-hmm. uh i've tried to use brighter colors yeah to make certain accents pop yeah so i mean it's just little nuances yeah absolutely absolutely you gotta keep like the the god and the devil live in the details yeah. <laughs> so you got to figure out which one you want to bring Definitely. out uh <laughs> do you consider your work political um i don't know do we jordan do we do? <laughs> <laughs> um i guess it has to be How? you know just because i i reference things that are going on that you know our, our government regulates and and yeah not necessarily even regulate you know but uh things that are happening you know we're all human so that means everybody has done something humanly Mm -hmm. we've all fucked up in a certain place it's just for sure when the shit is brought to you on a platform that means now you're there for everybody to either shoot with a gun a bow and arrow a crossbow uh you know a slingshot yeah they can hit you with everything so i feel like if it's going to be exploited now on the level that it is from social media yeah. to the news, yeah. um, this is a this is something. Th- these are things that stand the test of time. Artwork, yeah. good artwork. So they should be referenced so that we all we know about Napoleon, mm-hmm. we know about Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. we know about um, you know ben, Benjamin Franklin, yeah. you know Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. All these things are history. This is. What's going on right now is history. Yeah. And also, too, these things that are going on right now, they happened a long time ago as well. This ain't so they the first time. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, you, my work can be political. Is it your intent for it to be political? Um, No. Or is my, that the response to it? My intent is for it to be powerful. Okay. And um, I don't, not even thought evoking, but maybe emotional, emotion evoking. I, mm. I want some, I want a person to have any, I don't mean, good, bad, indifferent. Yeah, I wanted to invoke some type of emotion. When you're doing your shows, has anyone engaged you and said, "I don't get it"? Oh or yeah, all been the time. Critical of it? All the time. All the time. And what's your response to that? Does I, it hurt? No, oh. I explain to them what it what it means, mm-hmm. and then it, it. But I've never gotten a moment to where once I explain it to them, they're like, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah, I get it now. So I have like I have a piece. Um, I don't really draw a lot. I'm not, a, I'm not a great drawer, but I drew a sketch of Kanye West. Mm. It's a self-portrait of Kanye West. And he's in blackface, and he has on an apartheid beret that says, um, free thinker, but the thinker's crossed out. Oh, the red joint. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing I is, like that, yeah. a lot of people, they look at it, and they can't really tell that that's him until mm-hmm. they see the dissertation. And then when they look back at it, they're like, he is in blackface. His jaw is a little bit wider on one side. That is a, a, a beret. And, you know, of course, I have to explain what an apartheid beret is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you correlate those things, then they look at the piece again, and it, it's almost like they're looking at a brand new piece. Yeah. And it goes a little bit deeper yeah. in content <laughs> to the actual piece. Yeah. So 
I think <laughs> I think it's important for artists to remember always that um, <laughs> I think it's important always for artists to remember that like these are literally the expressions from our minds like exactly. so when people ask and I think it's one of those things that it usually starts to happen as people either as they develop more of an ego or as the ego is more revealed uh-huh. right because those are two different things right but people tend to think oh everybody has to understand exactly what the mm-hmm. hell i'm doing in my art and it's like nah man and it's funny too <laughs> because I, I also did a piece um it was like a bunch of the really big pieces mm-hmm. a bunch of letters and it had some writing first amendment was on there declaration of independence um a couple other things were on there and people were like well so what does this mean i was just like nothing really it's just beautiful art (laughs) you know just how it comes together yeah you know because it was it was a big piece and then it was a duplicate smaller piece and they go together as one so it's like it doesn't really mean anything yeah it's just yeah sometimes shit just doesn't mean sometimes it's there you know and that that's that's okay yeah yeah, (laughs) that's that's fine too um is there a topic that you have shied away from in your work or I put that nicely, but also, like, I guess this is a, 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 a tandem question. Is there a topic that you're afraid to address in your work? Um, no, there might be some topics that I haven't touched upon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I might, I'm trying to figure out how to do that, how to Fair. incorporate those things. Yeah. Um, religion. Hmm. Why? Is that is that something that you haven't touched on, or something that you're afraid to touch on, um, or a little bit trepidatious about? That's a good word. Okay. Um, it's it's I'm kind of I'm on the fence because everybody's viewpoint on that is is so wide, <laughs> and it correlates to a lot of contradictions as I far feel. as when you okay when we're talking about religion think about how big that yeah. sea is that's not it's not a pond it's not a lake no nah. it's a sea yeah so there's so many things in that sea to where so many people want to say well this is right because or this is wrong because and it branches off in so many different directions yeah so it's not i don't want to say that i'm it's complicated yeah absolutely and it's and to get that into i think that might be my greatest piece when i figure out how to put that all in one thing yeah i mean you know to try and distill that down and this is just going off of what you what what you just said in my opinion when it comes to religion you can't touch it here and not touch it over here yeah so you have to it all has to go together yeah well that's what i was about to say actually like you, you're not going to be able to distill that down into one piece. That's going to be a series over some years. Yeah. It, because, it might take yeah. you some years. Because yeah. like, there are so many different things to say about it. Because like for me, when it comes to religion and thinking about it, it's like I feel like so many people try to make God smaller than he actually is or smaller than she is. Right? Oh, like in, in the sense that like, it, so you mean to tell me all these different cultures of the world and there's one way? One way to communicate with God and why? Well, I mean, <laughs> my thing is, I have a, a, a thing with convenient Christians. Hmm. Ooh, y'all. <laughs> it is Sunday, <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> so, I mean, I'll leave that right there. Yeah. But She's stupid. She says, what are those? Say, say, say that one more time. Are right? you talking about CME members? The Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter's members? Um, or the ones that just use it conveniently when they argue on Facebook? Or the ones that use it conveniently when they need it to relate to what wrong they're doing? Ooh. She, well, well, all damn. right. Okay. The, the oh. Lord is present. <laughs> and so is my wife, Vernique. Because, because my thing is, you can, wrong is wrong, right is right. Yeah. You have to repent. There's, you, there's not, you cannot not repent. Yeah. You know, and I think, and also too, you know, when it comes down to it, everybody likes to talk about faith until it's time to use it. This is also true. So at the same time, though, it, just from a philosophical standpoint, what is wrong and what is right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it, it goes into a whole Deep. other. That's what she prefers. You, you know, a whole other thing, right? So. Yeah, um, you I have this. Uh, okay, they talking about liquor, yo. <laughs> you don't it's have all right. <laughs> but nah, I what mean, Cuban rum. You're right. I don't. You don't have. Yeah, the, yeah. The rum. Please don't judge me. This happened in the middle of my Sunday fun day, so it's all good. I'm Raquel is pouring from her flask into a champagne glass. Yes, specifically a rose gold flask. <laughs> <laughs> it says pursuit of happiness and has my name on it. It's meant to be. All right. Anywho. <laughs> Sorry. So. This is how I spend my Sundays, but I. <laughs> hey, nobody. Who's judging? You. I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> Shit, I'd be spending my Sunday like that too. Damn medication. Anyway, uh, so what's. <laughs> I feel. Let me let me go back and, you know, speak on that though. But I, I definitely understand and feel what you're saying in yeah. terms of like approaching religion mm-hmm. um i feel like you know i want that to be my sistine chapel that mm-hmm. piece oh. that's what i want that piece to be i want that to be my sistine i want that to be the piece that when they do open up the books yeah that they it, this was i have a piece right now and everybody this is it's the piece that everyone's like yo that's that's lamont french it's a piece where i took it's a piece where I took um, different quotes from everyone, like from George Washington to General Cornwallis to yeah. Magic Johnson, um, and I took their quotes and I put it on a piece and I made it like a map. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. This is the white canvas with different color uh, writing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's called Three Thousand. That's on your Instagram. words. Yeah. yeah, and that's I wanted to be like that's in the past five years. That's like my signature piece that everyone knows. That's a Lamont French. I want the piece about religion. To, to be to be that yeah okay and it, it, it probably will it'll take me a couple years it might take me 10 years yeah. to finish you know yeah. so um but there, there's like i said there's so much in that seed to to touch upon so. absolutely absolutely so let me ask you this what is your most important tool in your creation process my brain <laughs> my brain and it, they, they go side inside my brain yeah probably uh my heart my my emotion okay um but um you know, I, I always say your your brain is the most powerful organ you have. Yeah, and it's it, and I say that because it's also the most sensitive. Um, for sure. You know, it can go left or right at any given time for things that we don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes we can't even control. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, from emotion to thoughts and action and mm-hmm. 
all that it's it's in different parts of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we've Do you want ice? You want a glass? You want <laughs> <laughs> cut this out. We've <laughs> now we we've touched on that um several times more so from the aspect of mental health mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah no I, I definitely get that like it's it's your greatest asset but can also become the biggest liability it, if you don't take care of it definitely yeah definitely. so i dig that i did definitely that. and also too you know when we allow people in our space they they they, they affect that in ways that we don't we don't necessarily realize you're talking about like yeah. energy yes we already yeah. talked yes. about energy oh, that's why yes. i gotta keep my white sage spray on yeah. me oh <laughs> There's white sage spray. Yeah. What do you purchase said sage spray? Why haven't I gotten it as a gift? Because the person you don't love me. It. I love oh, okay. you. you know, I got you. They've Cold. been drinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, of the pieces that you created, would you say that three thousand fifty-three words is your favorite, or what is your favorite piece that you created? Um, three thousand fifty-three words is definitely uh, one of my favorites, uh, just because of uh, what I put into it. You know, it physically yeah. made me ill while I was <laughs> creating. It took me eight months, but I put because all the font is different. Yeah. You know, um, but I wrote every single letter and yeah. also to the emotion. Like you can feel the energy of yeah. those people. Yeah. Like uh, I I painted, um, I drew the Willie Lynch theory mm. on there like a map because he said that that was the rubric to how to control yeah. these people for three. And if it, if you do it right, it'll work for yeah. three to 400 years. So it, it had to correlate to where people Making of a slave exactly, by Willie Lynch, yeah. To where- um, That's not real. Yeah, I know. Okay. It's a, it's a, <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 no, I felt the need that we had to say that so no one thinks that we think yes, it's Yes, okay. it, it, it's been an interesting debate amongst historians for a very long time about whether or not Willie Lynch was a real person exactly or not right um however the things that are in that shit but the symbolism are yeah. so exactly so but on that, on that but, same piece I have so, the, I get yeah. that. so we can talk about yeah, yeah, tactics yeah. but I don't want to if yeah. our reference point is no, no, it's no. not real it makes it well no yeah. but I'm saying it's it's part of the it's part of the work yeah. and if if anyone's ever read that shit like yeah yeah, you could tell me he ain't he ain't real, but uh, the symbolism, holy of, shit, of what <laughs> of what we as a people have gone through. Yeah. Information is information. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. for sure, Very, for sure. So on that same piece, I have the yellow brick road. <laughs> you, it, you know, follow your dreams, but also too, people don't know that the Wizard of Oz was not just a movie that was created for kids to understand. It was about the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, everyone doesn't understand that symbolism. But yeah. these are things that we can relate to. Yeah, and that's why. You know, I have on there um, Magic Johnson and I, you know, I put his quote on top of HIV in purple. Today, I have to retire from the Lakers. Mm -hmm. That was such a profound statement in 1991. Mm -hmm. And people forget that he actually said today I have to retire from. Think about those words. That's all he knew. He he was the magic basketball man. his exactly. entire That's life. It. Yeah. And he was the Lake Show. Yeah. And he said, the way he said it, today, I have to retire from the Lakers. Not from basketball, not from the NBA, but I have to retire from the Lakers. That's a, do you know how strong that statement is? Yeah. And then on, on, on a... Uh, it made it actually made HIV and AIDS real to a segment of people that were like, eh, this is some shit. And it, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. People felt like it didn't yeah. apply to them. Exactly. Because, but this you the, know, there were straight, hetero, there were heterosexual male or females. But that you, you see how that one, one statement, it, and it... 
how, mm-hmm. how it was it's such a strong statement but yeah. then also too you have i have tupac trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents how many people can relate to that yeah so these are just things you know on that piece uh that's why it's one of my favorites and then i have a another piece a photography friend of mine he actually uh purchased it uh emil um what was the name of that piece what's the name of the piece uh jordan emil got do you remember Uh, glass house glass house house. okay so that piece was just you know it had it was a lot of symbolism and it was a big big expressionist piece um you know it touched on the coal mining in in virginia uh as well as a cotton exchange and that being one of the first source of trade um incarceration and, and slavery almost being correlated um you know to american history as far as you know the civil uh, the civil rights movement yeah. and also to uh, like the Confederate flag being intertwined with the American flag. And mm-hmm. um, so there's just a lot of symbolism in that piece. So those two pieces are probably my favorite pieces uh, all the way up to right now. So you kind of spoke on it a little bit. Um, and uh, about the, um, your piece on religion, you wanting that to be, kind of your 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 piece that we see when they open up the history books mm-hmm. however my question is like what do you want those words that are written about you to say like what do you want that your actual legacy to be um that my passion is what drove my work and my passion is the content of what's going on in the world i think Things happen so much and so fast on a day-to-day basis to where, and I'm guilty of it, after a week we forget about it. Yeah. And these are things, like, we don't understand, like, these are things that will go in the history books. Donald Trump will go down (laughs) as one of our presidents in the United States of America. They will talk about him building this wall. Trying. Trying to build this wall for hundreds (laughs) of years. These are things that you know we can't chuckle at and be like oh the r kelly situation this is something that will go down in musical history in history period um you know so i want people to understand or to to speak about me and say that his passion is what drove his content in his work so i don't know if that's simple enough (laughs) yeah you know i want to ask and sorry y'all i just stepped in here i was at brunch um, <laughs> um, if you my, know my wife, you know that's not surprising. Does it? You don't take brunch lightly. Um, <laughs> my question for you is related to um, you talked about some things. You talked about the Magic Johnson um, quote. You talked about some other things, and just basically how the information that is in your life at the time that you're making the work will reflect in your work. Mm-hmm. Do you do then do additional uh, research to add to your work? Because you've talked about a few things that were history-based as mm-hmm. being a part of your work. Do you take something that you know already and then do additional research to add that into your work? Yes, yes I do. Every, you know, everything that I incorporate into my work, yeah. I, it is it is detailed. I research it in detail so that I can speak about it and it can make sense as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, that's one of those things that like a lot of people don't understand about the work that they see. And that's that's another thing that we've kind of touched on throughout this season of the podcast. And that is that like 
artists like we work differently than other people mm -hmm. do and we work differently than other people think as well i remember before i started well when i was in art school sitting in rebea's house in rebea like rebea what you working on oh i'm reading these magazines um i, I thought you was working i am yeah like <laughs> she's she's yeah. consuming this information consuming these images and that's part of the work yep because as I said earlier in, in uh, you know, while, while during this conversation, and as I've said many times before, like the consumption, the things that we consume become the work that we make. And right? it's, it's also too, you know, I try to take the, the nuances, like the small things that people, I feel like people don't put importance on. So mm -hmm. I, I give you an example. So I, that's Nelson Mandela's prison number, 46664. And what are you pointing to? <clears throat> the barcode. barcode on the and that's on what piece? Uh, this piece is if the truth. What if the truth was told? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, and a lot of people don't really realize that that's like there's a celebration in South Africa every year, and it's the four six 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 four celebration, and they they celebrate that. Because, but that also was his second prison number. He was moved after fourteen years from one prison to another prison and that number was given to him and that's where he did most of his time so that's why they refer to that prison number but these are mm -hmm. things that people don't really yeah. understand and realize yeah. and he was released from prison and then he became the president of South Africa oh, after years of apartheid and I mean yeah. yes we had our civil rights movement and there, it, these people were oppressed they, sure. were, they were killed for marching and um, you know they correlate our yeah. struggle and their their struggle they correlate Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think that they should be taught about our struggle and we should be taught about that struggle as well. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. And I think something that just kind of clicked for me that I don't know how many people people think about this, but like knowing what all went into the development of apartheid, like the oh, research, yeah. like the research that they did in order to come up with this perfect system of racism. Yeah. The fact that South Africa was able to do away with that shit. Yeah is amazing perfect system of racism <laughs> perfect system of and racism. i sit and i, I like, no, so i take something like that and look at how hitler was able to take over germany yeah Very and that was one of the things yeah, that was studied they like, that, yeah, yeah. They and the things that, am, that that amaze me um i'm a big history buff so <laughs> I, yeah. I love history but i look at the nuances and i think everything that had to go into that because they had trains with the nazi symbol on the trains. Yeah. They had flags that came off of political buildings. These that motherfuckers, they branded genocide. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they made it part of your normal life. Yeah. It's like a stop sign. Exactly. They made yeah. it a stop exactly. sign. Yeah. Exactly. So crazy. Or a green light, whatever. <laughs> but how many, <laughs> but how many how people take that in how many take that serious yeah but it's almost and something that you gotta that think exactly. about with marketing so let's talk about it how genius that was right oh <laughs> like you definitely. know like it, it, while it was terrible it was also genius yes yeah. so do you, do you know who, who has studied hitler mm. donald trump duh <laughs> <laughs> i mean not, not to say duh to I'm, you hey, but it's like yeah, yeah. without you even saying it we already knew where you were going because yeah, yeah. It's not you can, we're looking you can at see it. it. You can but look do you at see it. how past history, how, yeah. how it, it is prevalent? Yeah. So tell, why is why are you a history buff? What sparked that? Because I feel like that is also your art is very influenced by that. Is that your degree or? No, actually, my my degree is in psychology. 
And I have yeah, a, you would have known that if you came earlier. Girl. And I figured y'all might have already With a minor in sociology. That's <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Ask a question that we didn't ask. <laughs> Damn it. I'm gonna hey, Spirited uh-huh. debate. Lamont, Spirited what, debate. what university did you go to, sir? New Mexico State. Okay. Those thank you. The there you go. That was your question. No, it wasn't. I'm I'm I was really wanting to know why he was a history buff. <laughs> No, um, I think that yeah, that's a good I, question. I've been like that since I was a kid. Um, it, and it's because I can relate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how we got to this point. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my parents used to um, buy me books about Martin Luther King and Harriet Tubman, and I always wanted to be a writer. So how I started doing those things, you know, first, second grade, I would write exactly what was in that book, but on my own journal. Yeah. And but it forced me to like read those things mm-hmm. and, and absorb yeah. the knowledge. But it always fascinated me how those things happen like hundreds and hundreds of years and we're still talking about them. Or like how did we evolve to get to the point? Like I can't imagine having to go in a restaurant behind a building mm. or yeah. have to eat in a, you know, or having someone i can't imagine walking down the street and maybe someone lying on me and me losing my life yeah but those things happen and it's how those do things are happening how do those people that's the crazy how, shit right yeah. <laughs> how do those people get through those moments yeah. how do they get through those things how are we still talking about Emmett yeah. so these are the things in history and I feel like that when it comes to like a lot of people like Joan of Arc that's one of my my, my favorite people she was burned at the stake because she spoke religiously. She spoke about her religion. People had different views about that. Yeah. She was 13 years old. She never she never killed anyone. She led she led many wars. She was a great leader. Quote unquote, that's what that's what's said about her. But these are things that have stood the test of time to where we're still talking about them today. And I don't want people to forget about these huge moments yeah. that are going on right yeah. now. Are you trying to teach anyone or are you trying to make sure that people remember? Um, both. Hey. Both. There you go. That was a good question we didn't ask. Thank you, man. <laughs> it, it's sparked by the champagne. See, <laughs> which is important. Both. Um, and it's it's kind of where you talked when we talked about Basquiat. And yeah, that being an influence yeah. on my work. Um, what I was telling your husband uh, is that, you know, that was my homage to him because if we look, let's say in. It's about to be 2020, so 2040. A kid might see that, and he's not going to look up Jean-Michel Basquiat dying of a heroin overdose in 1987 or who that was. But right. He's going to look up Lamont French, and Lamont French is going to say, this is who my influence was, and then he's going right. to look up Jean-Michel yeah. Basquiat. That's how it works. That's Breadcrumbs. So, yeah. um, you know, that's <laughs> not just remembering him, but it's also educating uh, that, that young man and, and paying yeah. homage. And also, too, that might spark something in him to educate his kids or a passion in him yeah. to, to, to push forward. So that makes so much sense. And I have a question. Did you, re- did, was that your intention or did you realize it afterwards? That was my intention. Okay. That was definitely yeah. my intention. I mean, it's breadcrumbs. Cause like half of the other artists that I learned about that were kind of bopping around. Like I, I had no idea about the like eighties art scene oh, until man. after I found out who Basquiat was, uh, right? Like okay, okay. you find out who Basquiat is, then it's like, oh shit! Well, he was cool with Julian Schnabel, and the first, the, the crazy <laughs> part is the first New York artist that I I studied, uh, and I, I remember I was in the first grade. I wanted to know who made these little characters that were on Nickelodeon, mm. and it was Keith Haring. Yeah, yeah. 
So and the, <laughs> you know, I never like with Keith Herring, like that was something. Even though like I love Tribe growing up, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't dawn it didn't, on yeah. me until yeah. after the yeah. fact. Yeah. And then it's like, oh shit. But okay. you, but like, that small thing, I mean, it fed yeah. into my brain as a six year old. Yeah, and that's that's the breadcrumbs, <laughs> and like that's the that's the interesting thing. I, I always tell Renee that like I feel like in high school they should teach in a Montessori fashion so that kids can explore their own interests. Yes, because once you develop your own interests, you branch out. Yeah, right. And is you you start off with this. This very narrow path. We all start off with this very narrow path. Mm-hmm. And then we learn something. And it's like <laughs> I always think about it like uh the silly, like the silly things people talk about, like squirrel, right? Like okay. a dog with a squirrel, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You you're going down this path, you're chilling, then all of a sudden it's like squirrel. Uh-huh. You you find yep. something out about somebody and you're like, oh shit. Yep. Okay, but this dude is like this. And then damn, okay, wait, I'm over here. Uh-huh. And you find yourself going through uh-huh. this rabbit hole and you develop all this knowledge that's for me, and it's very interesting, actually, like for a long time, I've always thought of myself as a, a purveyor of random information. OK. But now that I'm back to making artwork, uh-huh. all that shit makes sense. Yeah. It's all it, yeah. it, it all comes together. Yeah, everything yeah. That I'm doing. And even like that's a great moment yeah, when you when you absolutely. when you get to the moment to where you're like, ah, so this is why I went through this. Yep. Or yep. this is why I met this person or. Yeah, for sure. So it all it all comes together. Yeah. Um. I had that at my first show. Uh, I had that moment where I was like, okay, this is why I went through everything that I've gone through to up until this point. Yeah. Serendipity type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and it's just, and it grows if you nurture it. Yeah. Some people, you For know, sure. they suppress it. And I tell any parent, um, you know, my daughter, she looks at my work and she tries to duplicate it on a smaller level Yeah. to where, you know, and it, and it correlates to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just let her do her thing because I feel like you have to massage that. You know, yeah, when it's, when it's for sure. I was looking at your son and how he, how he's working the um just his just his finger movement. Yeah, you know how he's working the Rubik's cube. Everyone can't do that. That's a no. that's a and for him to sit there and concentrate and to be able to see where he's trying yeah. to go, you know, you have to tap into that. Whereas, you know, my parents and how they grew up and probably you know before then it was more so like you know go to work. Get job yeah pay bills yeah and do that over and over again whereas you know instead of them honing into it they're kind of more so like okay you need to do something productive yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. but it's so many opportunities in the world now that you can mm-hmm. branch off and kind of do your own thing but also too i look at it um as your wife was saying you know if i'm trying to teach or make people remember we have to remember how we these opportunities weren't here yeah. in the 60s yeah. and 70s for people of our color. Yeah. And we also, like you said, like massaging those interests, nurturing those interests. Like with Damon, that's my son, people. Damon. <laughs> um, with Damon and the, the cubes and the cubing, like he'll take the time to, if someone shows an interest, he'll uh-huh. take the time to explain to you how he does it. But that's it's amazing how disciplined like, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's amazing to me at that age to yeah. be he's that disciplined to. But he found that, and we've we've just been like, okay, cool. That's yeah. what you want to do. Tell us how to help, how we can help. <laughs> no clue that was a thing. 
<laughs> yeah, so we're we're learning about this, and you know they have competitions, uh-huh. all kinds of stuff, and to hear kind of the who does it the fastest, you're like that's impossible yeah. until you see it, yeah, and know. But that goes off of something that was sparked by an interest, uh-huh. just like you said, and what uh-huh. Mark said that it starts at something you're interested yep. in, yeah. and then you branch off and you you know you do your own yeah. thing, and that goes into like this podcast like that's kind of that's the idea behind it right yep. like if someone's interested in it cool give it to them right. you know what I'm give it to them and, and answer answer things the way that you know you would want a question answered right or give you the information that you wish you had when you were doing this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Definitely, so definitely. Yeah. access. Mark mm-hmm. and I talked about access, this the other sure. day because you said that um, some of these things weren't available to us before. Mm-hmm. So part of that is that we now have access mm-hmm. to those things. We have the knowledge and the internet and Instagram yeah. and these apps and all yeah. that stuff makes it more um, accessible for people who would know who would not have that access. Yeah. It's just like anything, you know, everything that's going on in the world, like racism has never stopped. It's not gotten any better. They just be concealing it's, it. Well, now it's <laughs> they don't conceal it no more. Yeah, it no more. The last two or three years, yeah. it's not concealed. Now it's being racism so also has an open carry law now. Like, Ooh, that's <laughs> a law, Mark. <laughs> Niggas just. I might have to. All right, you got that. You got that. Make sure you quote them. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But no, I mean real shit. Like, and that just goes to what you're saying. Like, it's here. It yeah. ain't going nowhere. Like the question is, did racism ever have a beginning, or has that shit just been here? It, I like, mean, <laughs> it, it started. It was different. It was different. So, yeah, yeah. The thing is, it was different. It started off with people from. I'm sorry to go on a rant, but you really? know, at the beginning of America, it started out with just people from different countries. Mm-hmm. Like Italians were yeah. essentially the black mm-hmm. people of America. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They won't let us forget it. <laughs> but exclusionism, yeah. like exclusionary treatment, has existed. Since forever, yeah. since the beginning of time. That's, like, I mean, that's part of uh, y'all talked about religion. I mean, we can even talk about how in our own community. I'm sorry, uh, again, it's the champagne talking, no. but <laughs> but um, in our own communities, we have exclusionary, you practice, know, things yeah. practices that we do within our own community. Paper bag so. test. Okay. <laughs> so my next question for you is: What does you talked about the impact you want to make? But what does success for you as an artist look like? Um. Success, mm-hmm. you know, being rich and famous. Rich and famous. I mean, and that's that's candid. You are the first person. You're the first. I've been on the arts explanatory comma podcast. Was like, to oh, have that. Want, Any artist know. that tells you that they don't want to be rich and famous, they're not telling the truth. What does famous mean? Yeah. Like Kardashian famous? Like no, you need Chris Jenner mom? I want to be art famous. I want I want people to buy my work and know who I am mm-hmm. and to talk about me across the world. Okay, and so and with that, I'm gonna follow up with that because art famous is something different because we talked mm-hmm. about access, and so the the reality of it is is that a lot of kids like in our communities don't know about artists that are rich and famous. You yeah, because those saying? art famous so people you, aren't hood famous, right? Or they're so, dead. Okay, so True. what is that? What does that mean for our community to you to be rich and famous? It, just to be known to, for my work to be respected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people. That's a big word, respect. Mm-hmm. Um, for it to be respected and revered, uh, for people to actually <clears throat> hear Lamont French and be like, "I'm going to that show," or did yeah. you did you see Lamont French's work? Have you seen his latest work? Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, I, I'm I want to make the books when I'm not here. I, I want people to be looking in art history books and and seeing um, 
you know, seeing my work next to Warhol, next to Schnabel, next to Basquiat, next to Herring, um, Henry Asensio, next to Pollock. I want to be in that mix for this for this era. Let me ask you this. And it's a simple question, but it's also I know it probably won't be a simple answer. Why? Like, I understand the idea My of legacy. Like, I, I, and I get the work, you know, being respected. Right. But like work being respected. So I'll use a rap reference. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Thoughts work is respected, mm-hmm. but not everybody know. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and true. he's like, there are artists nice. that don't want to get on a track with yeah, Black Thought because they don't nice. want to be, you know, embarrassed, right? Right. right. Um, so, so I get like the work being respected. But when it comes down to hip hop, he is going to be talked about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's and I what, and I understand what. that. But like, your your initial response was rich and famous. Mm-hmm. So that's just me being blunt and yeah. being honest. I, okay. I do. I want to be yeah. able to. I want to reap the benefits of the work that I'm I'm putting while on. you're here. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to do that is because I want to be able to I don't want my kids to ever have to struggle in any kind of way that I, I got have. you. Um it's not necessarily for me. I, I want to be able to control that and be like n- not their mother or have to argue about it when I'm gone. I want to be I want to be like Ray Charles. Ray Charles had 12 kids. Before he died, he gave he gave each one of them a million dollars. So he didn't want them arguing over money when he wasn't here. They at least have the opportunity to to make that million into exactly. million. Now this is what I'm giving you. Yeah. Don't yeah, ask yeah. me for nothing. You know what okay. I mean? You do you do what you want with that. Yeah. And you know, of course, he had his kids by his wife, and they control his estate or whatnot. Yeah. Within the other ones, you know, you you everybody's allotted the same opportunity. Yeah. Um. So and and you know that's a that's a big reason why I decided to take my art seriously so that I can leave my kids something. Okay. That's fair. I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I the no reason I response to that is that that's the first time an artist on the episode or on the podcast, podcast has yeah. said, I want to be rich and famous. Yeah. Not to that's, say that anyone else's answer is less than, but that's the first, that's usually yeah. what I expect for artists to say. And yeah. you're the first one who's actually said yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I try to keep it funky, you know. I mean, as that's that means I try to keep it 100. <laughs> so, you um, listening to hip hop, that boom bap. Boom bap. <laughs> but no, Mark, you know, Mark was 100 with me with this question about, you know, my piece that looked like Basquiat. So, you know, I'm and I'm I'm always shoot yeah, shoot straight, you know, some yeah, people yeah. might not like I it, appreciate but, that shit. but I'm honest. I know, appreciate I, that shit like cuz it's one of those things where of course, you know, there are a lot of artists that feel differently. Right. Or at least outwardly, they express differently. Uh-huh. Um, and some some people judge for that shit. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, shit, at least he's honest. Like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, and I, I think I honestly think that shit. Well, at least they're honest. I think that is a huge compliment because people may not like what the fuck I say. But again, but at least I'm honest. It always goes back to <laughs> if I'm not, if that does not happen. I'm still making work. Yeah, you're still gonna do the work. Yeah, because it's my absolutely. You know, I'm still gonna feed my passion. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. Well, man, listen, we appreciate you um, taking the time out of your Sunday on a beautiful Sunday too um, yeah. to talk with us. Yeah, I appreciate um, y'all, man. I'm I'm definitely humbled, and I appreciate you guys coming to my space and. We also appreciate your candor. Yeah. No, wait, we're not done. We're not done? Why don't you put your face on your oh, shit. Instagram? I forgot. Yes, I this is the question. Um, the you trying re- to be like, see ya? Or like- no. Um, 
you have to understand i i lived a a, a whole nother life okay. i was a i was an athlete um i grew up here in the city mm-hmm. um a lot of people know me for a lot of different things <laughs> other than art okay so <clears throat> i wanted to separate the two people mm-hmm. um you know but just because of you you change your name or you know you you add something to it or whatnot when people see you they still know you as who from a, who from they a perceived you to be from exactly. that time yeah so um Boy, that was the first bitch. reason and then the second reason is because it brings attention to the art because okay. you can't you know you know when you see a picture my face is covered it, it stops right there mm-hmm. so you have to understand the art and then it kind of it draws into the fashion side as well how so um, just because you can't see my face, yeah. So you you have to look at what I have on, or um, you know how I'm wearing it, or whatnot. Okay. So okay. okay. <clears throat> so where can people find not you but your work online? Um, <laughs> my my website is uh it's under construction, but is theartistlamontfrench.com. Um, it's under construction right now because we just had a show, so they're trying to update everything mm-hmm. with the new work. When will um, that be up? Uh, two weeks. Okay. Hey, you putting a uh, timeline on his phones? <laughs> I'm just no, no, no. I'm asking because people gonna people gonna want to check. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So definitely. it's like as opposed to having people have to search, you know? Yeah. For the next and then always <laughs> two IG. weeks every day, always IG. Yeah. And what's your Instagram? At French Lamont and Lamont is spelled L A M O N T E. They gotta request you. No, they're not gonna have to do that. Okay, I had to request you today. <laughs> I know I see. <laughs> <laughs> no my, private Instagram. My management, they do that from time to time because, you know, you get crazy people. So you have a team. I know I'm late. You have a team? I do. We actually didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. t- talk about your team. Yeah. And what do you, um, how do you feel they've been beneficial to you? Um, Shout out to Jordan. Jordan has held us down. So. <laughs> yeah, Jordan is uh, oh, Jordan. Jordan Harris, uh, Crystal Solomon, House of Obsessions. That's my management, my PR people uh we we linked up uh almost a year ago back in february of 2018 and i just needed some people that were focused on me and building my brand mm-hmm. um you know no artist like this is i hate the business side of this but it's necessary mm-hmm. um even social media you know I, I didn't get an instagram page until i had my first show and that was because my old manager forced me to do that um just because it's so much minutia that goes along with that or whatnot, but um, that's a little bullshit for all you guys <laughs> out there wondering. Um, <laughs> but you know they've they've been great. We've taken everything to another level from clientele to um, the expansion of shows and sponsors and things like that. So um, I got a couple things in the works for this year. Uh, Toast to the culture. My show June first. Okay. At uh, Shakti Bombs location on J- her space on uh, Berry Street. Hmm. Never heard of that. Let's ride right down the street from here. Okay. Um, toast. Like I said, it's called Toast of the Culture. Um, When's that <clears throat> scheduled? June first. June first. Okay. Mm-hmm. June first. That's the champagne. Listening. <laughs> I thought I thought he said it. I wasn't sure. And I mean, what does it hurt to have him repeat? <laughs> and then, um, uh, tentatively, right now, an October fourth date at District Gallery. Okay. Oh, okay. We interviewed. That's that's Mariah. Mariah. Yeah, yeah. She was our very first guest on our really? Auditorium. She's dope, man. Yeah, she's, love she's, she's doing some great things. So, um, and then we're uh, trying to put together a private show to bring in 2020 at Zaza. 
Oh, a New Year's Eve yeah. art show. Yeah, nice. interesting. Nice. Yeah, so, and Zaza. Yeah, I fucking love Zaza. It so, makes me feel like a rich bitch. <laughs> but I mean, you, it would be great That's to have you guys because it's, what we're trying to do is invite as many of the top creatives in the city yeah. to that. So that what gave me the inspiration is I saw Jay Z's New Year's Eve party, mm-hmm. and it was you know I seen Nas and Meek mm-hmm. Mills and. Uh, and Diddy and just all of these superstars in one space. Yeah. And I was like, why can't we have that here? Mm-hmm. You feel like they were feeding off each other, like that creativity exactly. was feeding and people that are usually energy. planning their yeah. twi- their next year off of yeah. the people that are around them. And people exactly. are real superstitious it's, about who they spend their I New Year's Eve exactly. with. Exactly. So that's what, you, that's what you're trying to, you try, so let's be honest, it's a little selfish because you're like, I'm going to get all the creatives around me and we can feed off each other. Or, <laughs> it's not even I mean, that. But, okay, I'm speaking for myself. Maybe it's selfish for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you that's know, I, I feel like even when I first started, you know, giving these, putting together these art exhibits, I just feel like, you know, it's a lot of moments that we all want to have, mm-hmm. but they ain't gonna happen unless we make them happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. You know, so why not, you know, be able to meet people that are doing a podcast and they meet someone that works for the news station? That, yeah, you know, why not be able to, you know, I I give an example. My first show, I invited everyone that I knew, mm-hmm. pretty much like from corporate America to the streets. Yeah. One of my friends, um, you know, he's a great street businessman. He's one of the biggest in the city. <laughs> and then I have another friend who's the CEO of a hospital. And I was, I was mingling. <laughs> I was mingling. <laughs> and then I come back and I see both of them. They had been having a 15 minute conversation. What yeah. were they talking about? They were talking about the structure of business. It's the same. Exactly. <laughs> now, neither one of them knew what the other one did, mm-hmm. but they met and still to this day, they're still friends. Yeah. So, you know, us as creatives, I mean, we're, we're dope ass people, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't see why we all can't get together, you know, to bring in this new, we're going to be bringing in 2020. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I remember when I graduated in 2000. So when 2000 hit, everyone was like, ah, so, you know, 20 years down the line wow, this yeah. is what make we sure do. our invitation does not get lost it will not and also we'll for these children with, <laughs> but also for these children that are raquel's age and younger Excuse what me. he's referring to is the y2k scare from i was very aware of y2k all of six years old she was aware uh, was, yeah. first of all, <laughs> so, much older than six. yes she was seven Don't and play. a half <laughs> do not play me but i'm very aware see this is why i don't like them this is it'll ageism. it'll be called um yeah. the artist collective Okay. That's this what ages. That's, that's I, mean, I think your idea yeah, was, like is idea. great. That's why I said make sure our invitation. I'm just gonna start looking for my dress and Hello? or suit right now. Hello? Velvet. <laughs> Ooh, is that velvet? Is it? And it's velvet? it's gonna be that kind of moment. That's actually that's where Jordan went. He went to to see the people at Zaza so he can yeah. see the suite. But um, you know we're gonna invite probably sixty people, and you know I was gonna say I see three invitations already taken. <laughs> And you know, fifty-seven we're gonna, mo, we're gonna, we're gonna just we just gonna vibe out and, and, and kick yeah. it and, and share energy and mm-hmm. so um, you know close out the year right and um, yeah and then uh, I'm even I got a few things working for 2020 so yeah I, I try to stay busy but um, this was great yeah hey <laughs> so, it was and we we appreciate you for sure I hope absolutely I didn't hurt anybody's feelings or no and you know what you, <laughs> you lived kept, your truth you kept my it Sunday was, fun day going so I'm, there's no beef here yeah I you know. Sometimes you gotta say fuck feelings. As long as you were honest, I bet you you are all right. Yep. Yeah, you good. Yeah. You good. You sh- you're a straight shooter. You said it. Yeah. I try to be. Everything try ain't be. for everybody. 
Neither is everyone. So yeah. we'll be good. But you again, want to be for everybody. <laughs> I mean, what if that's your business model? Very true. Don't okay. see okay. some men out there making lots of money. Being for everybody. For everybody. You are some here. women too. You are out here yes. making the, the sex workers feel bad about yes. themselves. No, no, no. Sex workers are definitely not for everybody, first of all. Get that money. So what if they want to? Say, yeah. That's a business money. model. Sex workers are not for everybody. Anyway, we've gone off the fucking rails here. <laughs> we have gone off the rails. Play. That excludes a lot of people. <laughs> we have gone off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Anywho, this is Pelican one two three signing out. Uh, <laughs> holy shit! No, <laughs> no, but again, uh, Lamont, we thank you for joining us, and we appreciate your honesty. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your alcohol. Yes, um, and we appreciate <laughs> your work. It was delicious, you know. So y'all finish that bottle. I'll take some. Oh no shit! Anywho, so. For the Arts Explanatory Comic Podcast, who only has two more episodes for season one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ooh, we made Two more. Right. We're almost done with season We're one. We're working, working. Shit. Yeah. Working, working, working. Yeah. Day Go and deeper. night. Go deeper. That's what. Go never mind. Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah. That's what Look the rose is. You got to take Oh, I'm a 12-year-old boy. Ew, no, you're not. You are a 35-year-old woman. I'm put that wimp wimp on you. Oh yes, I will. God, no. It has went there all of a sudden. Back. It has went there. Oh, uh, when, whenever I'm she's on here, you know, I get a little, you know. Mark does yeah. get totally inappropriate when I'm on the show. It's only inappropriate if, you know, yeah. you ain't and consenting. Close out, sir. <laughs> you open, never mind. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Y'all okay. Matching. Right? They are matching. And I texted, I was like, are you niggas matching? She did that <laughs> shit, man. I saw his sweater. I, I was completely dressed. I was completely dressed. And I'm glad she's admitting it today because yeah, usually know, she I does happen. shit. Usually, yeah. Usually she does shit and then so be like, "Yeah, he want to be like homecoming." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought us matching shirts, yeah. all three. Me, Damon, and Mark matching shirts for homecoming a couple years ago. So oh, I have that yes. picture. It's yes. so cute. It We're adorable. Yes. adorable. Oh my god! Now Anywho. I gotta find one for Addison next year. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. Okay, so again, we appreciate you. We appreciate y'all for listening, and we just gonna hurry up and end this shit right now. Who are you? I'm Mark Francis with Raquel Simone and Vernique Francis and the incomparable Lamont French. Peace. Bye.